Ladies and gentlemen, fellas, 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 what is going on? What's happening? Sal Vetri here. And today we're talking about must draft wide receivers for fantasy football 2020. So get ready, roll your shoulders out, crack your net, sit back, relax, and get ready for 2020 fantasy football must draft wide receivers right now. All right, everybody, today we're going to be breaking down into four players that I think are must drafts. Now, I made a video back in, in, in April, and at that video time, um, lots of nice things happened. We had Calvin Ridley at good ADP. We had Odell Beckham at good ADP, even DK Metcalf. And I'll talk, touch on these players in this video, but they are no longer players that I would consider must drafts. And the reason being is ADP. Now, what is the purpose of ADP, average draft position? If you are not familiar, it is to identify value in drafts. When Calvin Ridley is being drafted as the 23rd wide receiver off the board in early April, and I have him ranked as like a 15th overall wide receiver, that is good value, right? That means that I like him a lot more than the field. Let's get him. But now when I have him ranked as my 16th wide receiver and he's going off the board as 17th on average, there's not much value left. So although I think he's still a good player to draft, I have him ranked high. I'm technically still ahead of consensus. I don't think he's a must draft. He's not the screaming out value, but I want to give you those must drafts now. Hopefully you took advantage of the first must draft wide receiver video and got a lot of him. Doesn't mean you shouldn't be drafting Calvin Ridley if he's there on the board for you. He's just not a guy that I I'm currently going into drafts and prioritizing. And you might be watching this right now and saying, oh no, I'm prioritizing him because your brain is so locked into the first three months of the offseason where everybody's spewing their love for Calvin Ridley and all these other Deontay Johnson type players. When players start to move up in Calvin Ridley's case, like 10 spots in terms of just wide receiver ranks. And instead of going in the fifth round, Calvin Ridley is now being pushed on in the second to third round of a lot of drafts. When Deontay Johnson is going in the 11th round, and now he's consistently being taken in the seventh round, how can you like that guy just as much? I, I don't understand that. How can you like the player for fantasy football just as much? Sure, they obviously didn't change in real life, but you can't be going out there and saying, this is the exact same value. He's fantastic. No, he's not. You're taking a higher capital pick on him. You're taking Deontay Johnson over guys who have been proven in the league for multiple years and, and Michael Gallup's and Marvin Jones. And it honestly just comes down to the ADP. It's not the same type of a value. It's not the same type of a fantasy pick when you're taking him so many rounds earlier based on the opportunity cost of what you are now giving up. So I want to continue to give you the must draft guys who are based on ADP right now when I'm shooting this video in mid uh, July going to be important to you. Now I'm shooting this a couple of days early. So if something breaking news happens in a major way, somebody gets hurt. Um, that is why like if a Debo Samuel-esque thing happens in this video is not going to be current for it because I'm shooting this. It's going to release a couple of days later. So you can see over my shoulder right now, if you're watching on the YouTube video, if you're watching on the podcast, how those ears doing, but the YouTube video right now, is just my website, fantasy sports focus. This is just the player profile page. Um, you can come over here. This is part of the Supreme draft kit. Uh, continue to add a bunch of stuff. The Supreme draft kit, limited time offer, depending on when you're watching this down below monkey knife fight, it's only going to be $10. You sign up a monkey knife fight. This is usually a $30 draft guide. If you're not eligible by the time you're watching this, you can get it for $30 on the site. Fantasy sports focus. Everything is linked up down below. But when you deposit $10 monkey knife fight, you get this draft guide as a add on bonus for free. The second that you play one game with them, it triggers a response to me to send you it. It has all my rankings, key stats, all the player profiles that you're going to need to know and all that stuff to dominate your draft. But we're going to start today's video off after you hit that like button for me real quick and the big old subscribe button that pops up on the screen. Be sure to smash both of those things. What are you even waiting for if you have not already? We're starting this video off but the first of four must draft wide receivers and i have four honorable mentions for you so get ready like i said crack those shoulders you're gonna get a ton of value here a ton of sneaky plays ton of whatever you want to call them we're starting it off right now with one man kenny galladay sal how is kenny galladay a sneaky play i know who kenny galladay is he's fantastic yeah he's fantastic and to me he's elite i currently have kenny galladay as my wide receiver five overall in ppr formats i have him ahead of a guy in deandre hopkins gas but everybody's heart drops no deandre hopkins is on a new team deandre hopkins has not had an off season with his team he won't even get potentially even a preseason game to play with his quarterback so uh, kenny Gaudi for me is my fifth overall wide receiver, 16th overall pick. And he's currently going off the board as wide receiver eight. So I'm three spots ahead of consensus there and 25th overall. So nine spots of consensus in my top 150. All those things again in the Supreme Draft Guide. Go get it down below. Now, last year, Kenny Gaudi 
half the season, played with guys that you're never going to remember. David Blau, uh, Jeff Driscoll, whose best quality was being able to run the ball, right? Matt Stafford for the first eight games was balling out. But Kenny Galladay's production, it continued to stay up because of just how good he was at getting separation and making contested catches. Last year, he was number one in deep targets with 37 amongst all wide receivers, 2.3 per contest. He was number six in overall yardage. He produced a line of 65 receptions, 1,190 yards, and 11 touchdowns on a 21.1% market share of 116 targets. He saw 18.3 yards per reception, so he was cashing in on a lot of those deep targets he was seeing, sixth in yards per target, and seventh in contested catch rate. I mean, I really do think that Kenny Galladay is an elite wide receiver, and if you tell me he was to finish third overall in fantasy scoring this year at the wide receiver position, based on my rank of having him fifth, I would not be shocked. Fifth is where I'm from needing and projecting him based on stats. His ceiling is to be a wide receiver one in this league. Now, last year, like I said, he dealt with a couple of different quarterbacks. Matt Stafford was great for the first eight games. Matt Stafford was averaging 36.4 attempts per game. That's a lovely number. Anything really above 35 starts to look really good for both the production of the passing game in an offense and obviously their wide receiver one in Kenny Galladay. He averaged 312.4 yards per game. Anything above like 280 is good. 312, damn, that's outstanding. And he had 19 touchdowns. Stafford was on pace to be right there with Jameis Winston as the 1A, 1B in fantasy football scoring for quarterbacks last year. But then he obviously gets derailed, gets injured with the back injury, doesn't come back. Jeff Driscoll, David Blau take over. Well, Blau, then Driscoll in that order. And they don't really do much. Driscoll looked decent for parts of games, but for the most part, not good quarterback play. And in the offseason, the Lions did add some things, but in the way of wide receivers, nothing to threaten Kenny Galladay. They added Geronimo Allison, who probably pushes Danny Amendola in the slot from their uh, division rival, the Packers, nothing crazy there. Outside of that, they add a lot of offensive line help in Vate and then Josh Garnett. What they end up losing, a huge loss is Graham Glasgow. So that's going to be a big offensive line piece for them losing. Uh, their defense is still absolute trash. So they're probably still going to have to throw from and play from behind in a lot of these games. So I think that that's going to be a benefit to Kenny Galladay. And then the NFL draft, they go ahead, they get Jonah Jackson, which should help the offensive line and Logan Sternberg in the third and fourth rounds. And then DeAndre Swift in the second round is going to be more of a pass catching threat than Carrion Johnson has been, than Bo Scarborough was last year. Probably takes the role of a Ty Johnson slash JD McKissick from uh, the past years. Ty, John- Ty Johnson's still in this team as running back, but obviously I, I believe like, many people should believe DeAndre Swift is a huge upgrade there. So if anything in the offseason, the defense got much worse, losing some big pieces on defense, notably uh, star quarterback Darius Slay. And this defense was already bad. So it's going to be a situation where not a pass rush, not a good secondary, playing from behind. Kenny Galli, a wide receiver one on a team that was already throwing 36.4 times per game last year and Stafford was healthy. Stafford might throw the ball a league high this year, maybe 40 times per game. So what is the target competition? I could pop it up on the screen right now. Well, it's going to be Marvin Jones, who is honestly an underrated wide receiver in this league. Danny Amendola, Geronimo Allison, and TJ Hawkinson. And then you can throw in the running backs, notably DeAndre Swift, if you would like. Marvin Jones last year, 94% of the snaps. He did miss some games. He only played in 13 games, but he saw a 20.2% target share, 62 receptions, 779 yards, and nine touchdowns. Marvin Jones is a very good wide receiver. I currently have him like ranked in the, the low to mid 30s, I think, in my wide receiver rankings. But if you wanted to put Marvin Jones as like wide receiver 28 this year, and you even wanted to put him ahead of guys like Jarvis Landry and AJ Green, I don't have him there right now, but he's that good of a wide receiver. I can see it happening. His touchdown rate is consistently high and good based on just his size and physicality, especially around the red zone, i.e. four touchdown games, i.e. three touchdown games on his resume in multiple seasons. Danny Amendola is not going to be a threat to Kenny Galladay, but he is going to see some target competition here. 66% of the snaps last year, he played in 15 games on 18.5% target share, which is pretty good when he played in those games. 62 receptions, 678 yards. And then TJ Hawkinson is going to be the next big one. We can talk about John Wallace, but he was terrible with the Packers. Only saw a 10.8% target share, only saw 56 targets and had just 287 yards and two touchdowns. Had somewhat of a drops problem. His two touchdowns were really much so. One, he was wide open. The defense lost him. And the other one, Aaron Rodgers threw him open. So separation was a concern for Geronimo last year. And then TJ Hawkinson to close it out, a guy who I think in dynasty formats is an absolute beast. In redraft formats, I think if you land TJ Hawkinson as your tight end one or even your tight end two, I think you're in a pretty good spot. He's in that range of like tight end seven through 20 that any of those guys can pop off and be a top five 
five uh, tight end in the league. He was a former first round pick last year. He is drafted to be that type of a player. So and a top 10 pick. So yeah, 32 receptions, 367 yards in just 12 games last year. We obviously saw him break out in week one in the overtime game against the Cardinals. I think this guy is ready to take a huge step this year, which honestly probably hurts more so Danny Amendola and Geronimo Wallace in the middle of the field rather than Kenny Galladay. So Galladay for me is somebody that I'm fine taking with a top 20 pick overall, but it doesn't seem like consensus is yet. If you end up in your drafts right now, there's a very good chance that you can start your drafts back-to-back running backs and then in the third round at some point snag Kenny Galladay. That's how far he's falling in a lot of drafts. Uh, Again, right now he's going as a 25th overall pick, which means he's being taken at the beginning of the third round. If he falls to you in the third round, tap that button on his name because I do think he's a top five wide receiver talent for fantasy football purposes as of right now. As of right now, we're three spots ahead of consensus on him in the wide receiver rankings and nine in the overall top 150. Let's get into our next wide receiver that you must draft, must own this year, fellas. If you've been watching a lot of my content, you know that I love Robert Woods and the Robert Woods love is not going to stop because nobody else is starting to jump on him as quickly. Even if you see some things on Twitter that people are saying, ah, yes, Robert Woods ADP is going to go up or whatever. No, it's it's somebody who has a 750 followers or even somebody who has 7,000 followers like myself. You're not getting that much reach on the entire industry of fantasy football, which is a billion dollar industry at this point. Robert Woods for me is a wide receiver one this year, meaning that he's my wide receiver 12. And what does that mean? Wide receiver one? No, not number one overall. It means that the top 12 wide receivers and rankings are considered wide receiver ones. Everybody on a team, if you're in a 12 man league has a wide receiver, that's a wide receiver one. The next 13 to 24, those are wide receiver twos and so on, right? So Robert Woods is 12th overall for me. He's my 33rd overall pick and we are getting him at a great value. If you're watching this right now, go snag Robert Woods in your drafts. If you're getting Robert Woods in the fourth round, feel good about it, but there's a good chance you can get him in the fifth round of drafts and that's going to be elite for you. And if you already got him in the fifth and sixth rounds in some of your past drafts, you're sitting pretty right now because he's currently going going off the board is the wide receiver 20. So we're eight spots ahead of consensus on that. He's going off the board as if he's a low end wide receiver two when I have him as a wide receiver one. And now you got a situation where he's going off the board is 46th overall. We're 13 spots ahead of that. So let's sit back, relax. Let me tell you about Robert Woods, old Bobby Trees here. 15 games last year. I mean, he saw 140 targets, just an absolute beast. He saw 23.4% of the target share, 13.9% of the red zone share. And this is with Brandon Cooks there. And this is with Todd Gurley being involved in a heavy red zone offense for a running back for leading the league right up there with Zeke and just running back carries inside the red zone. So he was sixth last year in routes run. He was eighth in targets, eighth in receptions, and second in yak, a stat that we love to see yards after the catch just means that he can produce after the catch and just get you more fantasy points and doesn't have to rely solely on Jared Goff throwing him open and being very accurate. He had 15.5 fantasy points per game, 35% slot usage. We love to see that. He had just two receiving touchdowns. One of them was a rushing touchdown. So similar to the Debo Samuel truthers out there, Robert Woods is just right up there in terms of how often he runs basically around one to one and a half times per game in this uh, Sean McVay offense. But he had just two passing touchdowns on 140 targets back-to-back years of having around an average of 140 plus targets so he is a primary wide receiver one in one of the offenses that throws the most per game in the NFL and they were number one last year one trailing in terms of how often they were in a pass rate situation so I think their defense is going to be good I think it's going to be average to good and if it takes a, a huge step forward maybe it knocks all the wide receivers a little bit but it's not something that I'm worrying too much about in terms of Robert Woods going down if anything it can go the opposite way defense gets a little bit worse here and they're throwing even more and if the, based on last year's pass rate when trailing it can get very good for them. So two receiving touchdowns on 140 targets. That's just insane. Nick from Fantasy Football Advice had a tweet a couple of days and maybe even a week back at this point. If Robert Woods scored six touchdowns last year, which on 140 targets, you would think maybe even that's still low. If he had just six touchdowns last year and his 14% red zone target share rate, he would have ended up as the wide receiver seven. We're looking at a guy who's a wide receiver one being disguised right now by a lot of people and thinking that he's just not that good based on, I don't know, whatever facts that Cooper Cup's in this offense that Brandon Cooks used to be, that he used to be a 
Buffalo Bill and not good there. I don't know what people are thinking. This is a wide receiver one. Go and get him. And it's also worth mentioning that Robert Woods was the only wide receiver in this offense not to see a reduction when they went 12 personnel down the stretch. Now, it might be eating a dead horse if you heard this narrative, but it's true. They went more 12 personnel. They say they want to go more 12 personnel. Now, that means maybe another 10% of the time they're playing. So it's nothing insanely major, but Cooper Cup's role ended up coming off the field a lot more. Cup snaps plummeted from being like in the 90s to 60s in some weeks. One week, he only played like 40% of the snaps, whereas Robert Woods actually increased his snaps. So it is two wide receiver sets. Well, they're two tight end sets. 12 personnel is what it's called. Wide receiver on both of the outside, the left and the right, two tight ends in, and a running back in the backfield. So Robert Woods was staying on the field, and then some combination of Josh Reynolds and Brandon Cooks was staying on the field more, and they were removing the slot wide receiver, which is primarily the Cooper Cup role in this offense. So all that is to say is that right now, Cooper Cup's being taken ahead of Robert Woods, even though his role, if anything, is a little bit less stable, and that doesn't make any sense to me, in my opinion. Here's a tweet from Ian Harditch just to show you the consistency of Robert Woods. And first of all, 2018, he had 130 targets for 19 rush attempts. Last year, he had 139 targets and 17 rush attempts. And at the end of last year, he ended up seeing seven straight games of nine plus targets. I mean, it's hard not to like what you're seeing out of Robert Woods in this offense. And now you take away Brandon Cooks and now you take away Todd Gurley to an extent. And it's going to be even heavily more weighted on a guy in Robert Woods. Another tweet from Adam Pfeiffer, now part of FTN. Shout out Adam. He says, uh, Robert Woods has recorded 70 receiving yards in 68% of his games the last two seasons. Also top 10 in routes run each of the last two years. It's a very high floor and touchdowns should come up a bit in 2020. Of course. Yeah, they're definitely coming up in terms of regression, or at least we expect them to. And all those other things just point to consistency. So you have a consistent floor receiver who's getting a ton of volume still as another top wide receiver and top talented player in this league and maybe not top five or top 10 but Brandon Cooks I would say a top 35 wide receiver in this league right now maybe even higher depending on where you want to rank him with his injury concerns but that guy's now going to be out of this offense and Robert Woods is still going to be in it as the main guy hard not to like that the Rams in the offseason did nothing in free agency they did add Van Jefferson in the draft but Van Jefferson likely to be more of a a threat to a guy in I don't know you can say Cooper Cup to an extent depending on how they're going to run this offense but probably compete with Josh Reynolds a little bit more Got Cam Akers in the draft to take on the role of Todd Gurley. A little competition there with Malcolm Brown and Daryl Henderson, we'll see. Then added some tight ends. Didn't do really anything, though, in terms of free agency. All they did was lose players. They lost Brandon Cooks, Todd Gurley, Mike Thomas, a former Jags wide receiver, and JoJo Natson. The target competition, there's going to be a good amount of it, but I still think he's the number one option in this offense. You have Cooper Cup, Tyler Higby, Josh Reynolds, the rookie Van Jefferson, and then the tight end two, Gerald Everett. So Cooper Cup last year, 1,162 yards on 134 targets. He was a beast just down the stretch in those final five or six games when they went more two tight end sets. He started to drop a little bit, but he was fourth in fantasy points last year and seventh in red zone targets. And he had five games of hundred plus yards, which ranked fourth in the NFL. Tyler Higby was a tale of two stories. When Gerald Everett was on the field, he wasn't very good. When Gerald Everett was off the field for the bulk of the final eight games, as you can see right here, he was a beast. He was first in red zone targets, first in receptions, first in targets, first in games with hundred plus yards for tight ends with four. That's just nuts. Second in yards and third in fantasy points. So I'm starting to be very just mellow on tight ends. Like I draft them later anyways. I think Tyler Higby's fine. But when Gerald Everett was on the field, he wasn't this type of good. So Tyler Higby has been in the year, league for many years and he just starts to break out when Gerald Everett's off the field for the most part. So I am a little bit uh, hesitant on drafting Tyler Higby, but this is, we're talking about Robert Woods here. I don't think it's going to affect him all that much, especially if Tyler Higby uh, doesn't start to break out like he did towards the end of last year. It's only going to have to help Woods more, especially in the red zone. You then have Josh Reynolds who should play the outside. They've already said that he'll most notably play the outside more in two tight end sets, especially stay on the field. And then he'll probably get a little bit of a push from Van Jefferson and Brandon Cooks is gone. Here's a tweet by Derek Brown. In 2019, Brandon Cooks on the field 
versus Brandon Cooks not being on the field in this Rams offense. Robert Woods' red zone target share when he was off on the field was 11.9%. And then Robert Woods' red zone target share when Brandon Cooks was off the field during those final couple of games, 23.1%. The average depth of target went from 7.2 to 9.7. So he was playing a lot more in the red zone and seeing more volume there. And he was getting targeted much more downfield. So go get yourself some Bobby Trees on wide receiver 12. We are eight spots ahead of consensus in the wide receiver rankings. This next fell up is somebody that I continue to stay high on. And I love that I'm high on him and nobody else wants to be high on Christian Kirk. Christian Kirk is currently my wide receiver 33 and 74th overall pick in my top 150. He's going as the wide receiver 40 and 104th overall. The fact that Christian Kirk is being drafted outside the top 100 right now and Deontay Johnson is being drafted like inside the top 90 is just mind blowing to me. That is exactly what you get when you get just uh, off season hot take season in July and really honestly May and June and everybody wants to take their hot takes and make something out of really nothing to, in my opinion. Like I like Deontay Johnson. I don't like him this high. I liked him as a 10th round, 9th round pick even maybe, but not the fact when he's starting to push early 7th round pick and people are taking him over the likes of Christian Kirk makes no sense to me. Let me tell you a little story about Christian Kirk and how I just don't understand the wide gap between him and another hot take summer player in Calvin Ridley. Calvin Ridley, sure. I think he has a lot of upside. Alabama product. I don't think he's a wide receiver one. I think he's a wide receiver two, but he does look pretty good and he's produced really well in his first two seasons in the NFL, but there's still Julio Jones out there. They just added Todd Gurley. So there's competition in terms of just overall usage for plays in this offense. But yes, he's firmly the number two in that offense. He's a guy who's currently being taken in the third round of drafts, second round of sun drafts right now. Calvin Ridley, people are high on him at this point and ranking him. I have him 16th overall, but I see him in a lot of people's rankings as a top 10 wide receiver. Okay, that's fine. You can make the argument for it. But Christian Kirk, people are ranking as a wide receiver 40. That's where is currently going off the board where he's in an offense where he's played two years in this offense just like Calvin Ridley has he's had success especially last year you saw him start to really break out when he went to the outside played well in the slot and now he has a quarterback who is going to be taking a second year leap who played very well in his first year and has an awesome arm in Kyler Murray and yes DeAndre Hopkins is there now but DeAndre Hopkins coming in with no offseason to really train with I don't think DeAndre Hopkins is going to put up better numbers than Julio and even if he does they'll be similar but for me Christian Kirk looks a lot like Calvin Ridley I think these two players look very similar second round pick and Christian Kirk sure Calvin Ridley was a first round pick but the pedigree is there in the talent and he's shown it but you get Christian Kirk in the I don't know eighth round of drafts somewhere around there at the 100th pick overall apparently right now I'm on him in the 74th I'm fine taking Christian Kirk early seventh round somewhere around there but you're getting a guy who's very similar in my opinion to Calvin Ridley he is the offensive Atlanta usually does throw the ball a ton but so does Arizona Arizona wants to run a ton of plays and continue to throw the ball a ton so I'm scratching my head and I'm sitting here yes I don't think Christian Kirk is a top 20 wide receiver and I do think Calvin Ridley should be somewhere around there but I don't think the gap is that far off like I do think that the situations for the these guys to potentially Kirk be a top 20 receiver and Ridley to finish 30th. Yeah, I don't think that that's crazy at all. So I don't really get the huge gap there, especially if people are going to rank them 30 spots apart, rank Christian Kirk 40th and Calvin Ridley 10th. Makes no sense to me. Let me know in the comments if you can kind of see that comparison between these two guys. Both have an alpha receiver, both have good quarterbacks in passing first offenses and are the firm wide receiver twos in that offense and entering into their third year. So it's a little bit interesting for me there, but let's look at what Christian Kirk did last year. Kirk played on 98.5% of the snaps in the games that he actually played in, missed a couple of games with an injury last year. He ended up missing three with an ankle injury and five total weeks on the injury report last year for a little bit of a durability factor. So 108 targets in those 13 games or 12 and a half games, 24.5% target share. He was the alpha on this team, 68 receptions, 709 yards, and three touchdowns. He didn't have the best efficiency stats in the offense, but it was all about his volume. Efficiency kind of got a little bit knocked because they went kind of a horizontal offense and not vertical for a while, but 8.3 targets per game, 38.7 routes run per game, and 16.3 slot snaps per game. I was very good. 
it was 42% overall. So we like to get these talented wide receivers that can play on the outside, but also getting them into the slot. It makes a lot of sense in my opinion. You had Kyler Murray last year in his rookie season. They threw the ball the 17th most per game, 37.8 times per game in 2018. That's very good to see. Ninth in attempts at 33.9 per game is Kyler Murray specifically, 232.6 yards per game and 20 TDs. And he had the ninth most deep balls of 4.4 per game. So I think Christian Kirk sets up very nicely here. As you can see in the offseason additions, they obviously had DeAndre Hopkins. They had a kicker. So those are your additions. They lose David Johnson, Demir Burb, Farrell Cooper. So obviously huge boosts with uh, DeAndre Hopkins coming in. And that's that's going to be a hit to Christian Kirk. But I don't see why he still can't thrive as a wide receiver two in this offense. We're not drafting him to be the wide receiver one based on where he's being picked. And honestly, DeAndre Hopkins, I do think is going to take a step down. I have Hopkins as my sixth overall receiver. But if he finished like 11th, I wouldn't be shocked based on the offseason that we're having and trying to get accustomed into a new offense with a new quarterback. Whereas Christian Kirk has been playing with this quarterback already for an entire season and an entire offseason. In the NFL draft, they get a seventh round running back, Nino Benjamin, who could be sneaky in dynasty formats, but nothing in redraft. And then Josh Jones, they get in the third round, who was a steal, could have been a potential first round tackle, but they get him in the third round. And what is the target competition for Christian Kirk? Obviously, Hopkins. Larry Fitzgerald resigned his deal. He got a one year deal. Kenyon Drake out of the backfield, and then Andy Isabella, the second year player. Hopkins last year was number one in route participation, number five in targets, number two in receptions, number four in fantasy points per game overall as a wide receiver with 17.8. He seemed to be running shorter routes and doing a lot more, I would say, quantity over quality, not even over quality, but just in terms of not a lot of uh, overall downfield targets. He had a lot more uh, shorter targets in this offense, more of a possession receiver, honestly, and still flashed a big play upside, but that's just the way he had to be used. But now he's coming into a new offense. Larry Fitzgerald last year, he's going to see a reduced role as a wide receiver three now on this team, but he did play 84% of the snaps, saw a 20.6% target share, and did see 109 targets. So it was heavily involved, 804 yards and four touchdowns. And then Kenny and Drake did see 4.9 targets per game out of the backfield, but just 25 receiving yards per game, 3.6 receptions per game for 50 total receptions. Uh, he did have good numbers, but they were in pretty uh, sprints, I would say. Like one game here, he had big game. So his receiving numbers, I think he has an opportunity to see a ton of work, Kenny and Drake. It doesn't take away too much from Christian Kirk. They don't really have a tight end on this team, in my opinion. So Christian Kirk is firmly in play as a wide receiver, too, as your best threat, in my opinion, at his targets is a, rook, a second year player in Andy Isabella, who seemed like a very raw talent last year maybe he can do something but his role is more so downfield burner not really going to affect Christian Kirk for the majority of the season maybe like one drive here and there and then Larry Fitzgerald who's the old man himself consistent for sure but more of a chain mover at this point short passing uh, maybe a red zone option but for me Kirk is firmly the number two in a fast-paced offense and a high-powered offense so go get yourself some Christian Kirk we're currently seven spots ahead of consensus in the wide receiver rankings or eight spots ahead feel really good about that so I'm going to close it out with some honorable mentions and there's a pretty decent sized list uh, Anthony Miller right now I have as my wide receiver 43 and 91st overall player the wide receiver two in Chicago. I think they're going to get a quarterback upgrade. I think their offense plays better this year. I think Anthony Miller for the first time in his career entering his into his third year, similar to Calvin Ridley and similar to a guy we just talked about in Christian Kirk. He is entering his third year, but he's finally going to be healthy. He's dealt with a shoulder injury his first two seasons. And last year, over the last eight games of the season, he actually produced better numbers than Allen Robinson on this team. He produced 36 receptions, 445 yards and one touchdown. That ended up being 67.8% of his total yardage and 69.2% of his receptions. Pretty much led the Bears in all of those categories for wide receivers. Mitch Trubisky was a donkey last year. Mitch Trubisky was 27th under pressure, 18th overall in true completion percentage, and 3.3% touchdown rate. Not good at all. Only 209 yards per game. Nick Foles coming in should end up enhancing that. Anthony Miller, currently you can get him 11 spots ahead of consensus in my draft guide down below. Go ahead, check it out. My wide receiver 43, but he's currently going off the board as wide receiver 54. Doesn't make sense to me. Behind me right now is just the uh, Supreme Draft Guides page where you can go and get it. All the things that are offered in there, a little summary of it. But pretty much uh, the rest of my honorable mention for you. I'll leave this up on the background. DK Metcalf, the reason that he's not anymore in the must draft video like he was last time. Well, last time he was being drafted as like the wide receiver 26, 27. I had him as wide receiver 21. I still do. I think he's my wide receiver 20 now, but we're currently only one spot ahead of him on consensus.
defenses. So people have picked up with it over the offseason, but I still like DK Metcalf a lot in all formats. So go ahead, draft him. Similar to Calvin Ridley, I actually like DK Metcalf's uh, ADP a little bit better. Ridley going as like the 16th wide receiver off the board, Metcalf 21st, and I think they're very comparable players. Terry McLaurin, we're two spots ahead of on consensus right now. He's my wide receiver 25. He's going off the board as wide receiver 27. I like McLaurin's upside entering into his second year. As long as Dwayne Haskins shows some improvement, which I think he will, McLaurin's going to have a lot of upside. Preston Williams, I'm currently 13 spots of consensus on. Preston Williams coming back again as his second season. We'll see what happens off of the ACL tear, but you can currently get him. I have him as like my wide receiver 42. He's going off the board as like wide receiver 55 right now or somewhere around there. So you can currently get him in that like, I don't know, 10th round, 11th round range. Go ahead and do that if you would like to do so. I recommend it. And the rookie who has all the possibility in the world of being the number one outside receiver for the Jets. I think Jamison Crowder in the slot sees most of the targets on this team, but overall upside on the outside between Brashad Perriman and a guy in Denzel Mims. I know they're saying some things that Denzel Mims is going to have to battle Vincent uh, Smith for the wide receiver two role. I think he'll get it. The second round pick in this year's 2020 draft. I have him nine spots ahead of consensus. He's currently right now going off the board for me personally as like my wide receiver 57, where he's actually going off the board for everybody else as the wide receiver 66. That's where I'm at right now. Be sure to check out the Supreme Draft Guide. It is going to be linked down below on my site, Fantasy Sports Focus. You can go ahead and get it right now. $10 thanks to Monkey Knife Fight. The second that you deposit over there and you play in one of their contests, it triggers an email to me saying, give this fella the free draft guide. So go ahead, check all that out. Hit the like button before you go in this video and the big old subscribe button that just popped up on the screen. Be sure to smash that fella. I'll see you all in the next one. Hopefully you enjoyed the must draft wide receivers for the 2020 fantasy football season. I appreciate you all so much and have a great rest of your day.